When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the B-Side Boys podcast, an Iowa rugby podcast. My name is Mr. Gray. I'm flying solo in the Wombat Den presented by Rotor Epoxy tonight. We have a special episode. We have the newest member of Major League Rugby, Brandon Carnes from Iowa State University. He's going to join the show. So normally Phil and I will record these together on a Sunday and just the way things worked out, you know, old Philly V had to get his three-hour weightlifting session in and and... I was like, Phil, you got to do you. You got to look pretty for Saturday. And yeah, we have our first league match coming up. So Phil's not going to be here. All good. We love him. He loves us. He loves you. And he loves rotor epoxy. This kid, his basement, unfinished concrete floor. He needs to get epoxy done. I mean, it looks fine the way it is. But over the course of time, it's going to wear down. It's going to get ugly. It's going to chip away. It's going to stain. It's going to get dirty. It's going to be hard to clean. If he gets some epoxy, that's that nice little coating. It adds a beautiful look. It adds a beautiful texture. And it also is super easy to maintain and clean. He goes to rotor epoxy. His basement, the value will increase tenfold. And it'll be a place that you want to hang out, have some beers, have some friends over. It's a good time. Garage, man cave, shed, warehouse, whatever, you name it. Epoxy is good for all of those. So Rotor Epoxy, get a hold of them. They will take care of your epoxy needs and they're better than anyone. Small business, support them. They're their own startup. It's just two brothers right now. Two brothers. They do great work and they care a lot. And you'll see the, you'll see the end result when you go through with them. And so with that being said, I just want to jump into this interview. This is exciting. Our very first Major League Rugby player, active player, Brandon Carnes. All right, now we are to the interview portion of today's show. Today's guest is the newest Major League Rugby player being drafted as the final pick in the last MLR draft. You're officially the the freshest MLR player that's out there. How does that feel? Um, it feels really good. It's uh, kind of got me by surprise because I really thought I was going to end up in New Orleans. But, I mean, I'm excited to be back in Texas and stuff. Nice. Yeah, no, Ant Frying, he was, he was keeping us uh, updated. He really, I mean, not that he's biased or anything. I mean, he... For years, he's always telling me, like, oh, my guys, Iowa State guys, every one of them's the best. I mean, he loves you guys. He loves that program. Um, but he, it was different this time around when he was talking about you. He definitely felt some action, felt like he knew that something was going on. What was that pre-draft process like for you? Um, I, I mean, I kind of just uh, traveled around, you know, playing rugby and all this stuff, and then Got invited to the uh, Shield game 
and um, I kind of thought, well, if I'm already kind of this far ahead, I'm going to just pursue it and then hope for the best and see what happens with the draft. Um, I know I talked to Ann about it a little bit, and when I was back in Austin playing for the Austin Huns, um, I was on the fence until about June of fully committing to going to the draft a year early. Did you play sevens for Austin, or was that like over the summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play uh, just to stay in shape and stuff. I go down there and play sevens with them. Nice. And that's the thing. You you were a junior. You went in yeah. a year early. You still had one more year left at Iowa State. And when we had Ant on for interviewing, uh, he made it sound like you know you'd be coming back. And we talked about it on our podcast. We were guessing. I mean. Spoiler alert, we really don't know what we're talking about, but we try to make yeah. good guesses. So you're not going to go back to Iowa State, is that right? No, I am not. Um, I know when I talked to uh, Ryan, the NOLA GM back in Utah, um, he said I'll be fine to be able to like um, stay in school and stuff if I wanted to. And he'll fly me out to some of the preseason games because those start September 10th. Wow. And he was saying, yeah, like if I end up here, this is how it will work. I mean, and he told me at the end of the day, it's truly up to you if you want to go finish your senior season or come down here right away. But like, like they said, like their winter, the actual winter camp starts in um, in uh, January, the, like the month before the MLR kicks off. So they told me, like, if I were to stay, you know, I would have to be in shape. They'll send me the work of the stuff I need to do. And then when I talked to Houston the day of the draft. They wanted me to get down there right away and start on my fitness and my lifting and stuff. Gotcha. So are you going to continue your schooling while you're also playing for Houston? Yeah. So um, I was able to uh, switch to online school at Iowa State. So I'm still going to be able to graduate from Iowa State. I'm with my advisor a lot over the summer figuring out what I needed to do. I took some summer courses to make sure I had all the what is filled in because um, to be able to switch my major right on the spot. I know we had like a three, like three different like I plans and ideas on how it was going to happen. So my advisor helped me a lot with that. Nice. How does that conversation go where you're just kind of having a conversation with them and then out of nowhere you're like, hey, uh, by the way, I'm going to go pro in rugby. Were they kind of surprised or did they know you were a rugby guy? What was that like? Uh, yeah, my advisor knew I was a rugby player and stuff. I mean, um, last summer when I uh, made the U-20s, I told her and stuff about that, and she was super excited, and she liked that a lot. And uh, I basically told her, uh, like, about a month and a half, two months ago, I had a Zoom meeting with her, and I told her, like, hey, um, I might get drafted, and I need to know all the what-ifs of for like what teams ask and stuff because mm-hmm. I know the only person I really talked to was Ryan and then I talked to Brandon Sparks and he was like yeah you're gonna have like a good year like a good senior year so I was like alright like I probably won't go to Utah but I know Ryan was super super interested in me and stuff and I think um, my conversations with him helped me figure out all this cool stuff I'm not really stressing him much about it and stuff nice and yeah that's what I was gonna ask like was there was there any advice from people saying to go uh, play your senior year, get some more film or were and like you said, Houston already has like plans for you or did they look at you as like, Hey, we see who you are. We think we can take your game up to another level more than getting one more season. Cause you think of like other sports, like 
college football guys go back for that one more year to try to improve their draft stock. How did you weigh that decision out? Um, so after talking to Nola and stuff, he was super interested in me. And then I was like, all right, well, I have an actual chance. And then um, I know I got flown out to New Orleans the weekend before the draft, and I got to meet the head coach and everything. And every day, and then there, I'll just say, well, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident I might get drafted here. And um, I know when uh, Houston called me, they told me on the phone or either uh, they were, they were surprised I was still on the draft board, and he told me he was like, "It's either we draft you now and we develop you in a professional environment, or you go a top pick next year, and then you end up wh- whoever else wants to pick you next year." Gotcha. And that whole process, watching on TV, did you have a special spot you were watching from? Uh, I went home, back home in Sioux City, to go watch it with my family. And I was going to say, how did they react? Because it was awesome when your name got called. But then that lady, the first thing she says is like, ah, South Dakota. I've been there. And she kind of just like shits on where you're from. It's like, lady, you're from Indiana. Like, yeah. (laughs) What was your reaction to that? Um, I kind of was, I didn't really hear her talk because we were all like, my family and stuff were like screaming and stuff, but then I like watched the replay and stuff, and it really didn't bother me. I mean, it's not—I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me that much. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of is true. It really isn't much in South Dakota. That's—it was just funny though, because it caught me off guard. Just because it was like—I I don't know if they were just—it got down to the end of the draft, and you know, the, the draft can go in so many different directions. I don't know if they were ready for that. And she just was like, I got to say something. And the first thing out of her mind is like, all right, let's just shit on them and uh, we'll figure it out. But the one thing that I thought was interesting that they dove into as well, props were a huge part of the draft. Is there a change in the league where teams are trying to load up on props? Have you got that feel? Um, what's, What's your role going to look like in Houston as they add depth in the front row? Um, I know when I talked to Ryan and Nola, he said that um, American front rowers are some are players that they're really, really looking for because they're such a crucial uh, spot on the field. And um, I don't know what my role yet would be in Houston. I don't have a meeting with them Sunday to figure mm-hmm. out everything because I know they said the head coach is still in South Africa and stuff. But... Yeah, I've heard from like multiple other teams and stuff and other people saying that they really want to focus on American front rowers because it's a position that they can develop in the States and they don't have to bank on foreigners coming in and in those positions. That's awesome. And I feel like in the Midwest too, this is like a breeding ground for those type of guys. I mean, big corn fed, former football players, wrestlers, thick bodied, hardworking. I mean, feels like all the ingredients are there to to make some of those guys. So, but if if they need a 32-year-old prop who who's lost a step, just I'll give them my phone number, okay? Cuz if if they need a reserve, I'm here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Ants told you, but you know, I've I've stepped him before, you know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, so talking back to Iowa State, they got you know, big things going on. 
aunt was really proud when he recruited you to Iowa State. You were also, weren't you on like a U20, like age grade team for USA? Yeah, um, I did era in high school. Okay. And I made all that stuff. And um, yeah, it was a, I don't I remember, I went out, it was during wrestling season my senior year and we had a tournament in Ankeny. And Aunt Nick invited me out to dinner and stuff. And that's when I actually like, actually sat down with Aunt and we talked and stuff. And I was really on the fence of either playing football or playing rugby in college. And then Aunt really like, convinced me. He was like, hey, like, I don't know like if you're going to win the NFL. Like, I mean, it's super, super hard to do that. But like, you already have your foot in the, store, in the door with the era. You can work your way up to the like the junior national team and stuff. And then there's also like the MLR. And he kind of convinced me, like, with my body type and all this, like, my speed and agility that, hey, like, I can translate that really well in a rugby and take that to the next level. And that's what kind of helped me convince myself a lot because I know I even talked to my – some of my buddies went to go play college football. And they even told me, they were like, yeah, like, you're a good football player and stuff, but it translates way, way better to rugby for you. And in the long run, it kind of paid off. Nice. Where where were you getting looked at for football? Um, I know I was talked to uh, South Dakota State and Northwest Missouri State the most. Nice. Yeah. So you kind of saw this uh, saw this you know pathway, and you know you carved a path for yourself going kind of an unconventional way too. Where a lot of times, I mean, you heard it on the draft coverage too. Iowa State's not a place that you you hear people going on for higher level. It's always the Life, Lindenwood, Cal Berkeley. Um, it was cool to see, you know, a guy from Iowa Central, a guy from Iowa State. People were talking about the guy from UNI. You know, it, it definitely feels like a little more respect is getting put in the Midwest name, and it's not just the Blue Bloods, and you're able to take those skills and take them to the next level. Uh, what would you say to any, I don't know, high school kid who was in the same boat as you who's a little nervous to take that risk? Or so many kids, they – they think football is the main thing they should go for. What advice would you give to a kid who's teetering between rugby and football going into college? Um, what I would say, being offensive about it is, no, if you're going to play, you're going to play football. Because I do have some friends that do play college football and never see the field. And, I mean, they're putting all these hours and hours and stuff. And they don't, really, they don't get to play at all. They're kind of just there, practice dummies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um... And if you're already enjoying rugby, I mean, it's it's, it's an, for me personally, it was an easy trans, transaction or transition into rugby. But I mean, rugby is a great sport. It's amazing. It's really fun. I mean, I know I fell in love with it because of the uh, community. I mean, no matter how good you are, like if you're the worst player in the world or the best player in the world, I, like no matter what, they're still going to be down to hang out with you and do all this stuff. And it's not really much of a big ego thing. A lot of people run into it during football and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's that's a great point. Just so many people think like, oh, I got to do football. And some guys, too, they end up that D3, D2, and there's 120 guys on the team. You'll be lucky to see the field your fifth year. And when you went to Iowa State, you were playing most minutes in your freshman year, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Nice. And so you said you're going, you're moving down to Houston soon, like you're packing like as we speak. Oh, uh, yeah, I just got back from practice, and I kind of started packing, and, and I got this phone call. Nice. <laughs> uh, 
and again, like I said, we appreciate you being on and joining us, especially because life is changing very fast for you. What would you say you're looking forward to most down in Houston, on the field, off the field? Um, the most I'm looking forward to is being back in like a professional environment. Um, I'm super excited to like start working and stuff with the team and become like the best player that I can ever become. Um, I know like when I was in Austin and stuff, it was really nice. I had a my personal trainer was a former NFL coach, and conditioning coach for the 49ers. Oh wow! So I got I got to work with him and stuff, and it was a really good uh, grind to be on. I mean, I would wake up work out, come do homework, and then go to practice at night with the Huns. And that's something that um, I really want to be back in because I because I feel like it's not like – because I, I don't – just become the best rugby player that I can be. I also just become the best person that I can be because I'm able to stay busy and enjoy things that I like doing and stuff. And stuff. I mean, I know we practice like twice a week and stuff in Ames, but I mean, it's, it's a lot different than having – you know, like a former NFL training agent coach doing everything with you and then doing workouts and stuff at the gym that he had. Yeah, definitely. And that's, and that's not to say anything against what Ant is building at Iowa State. I mean, you just look at one's a professional team with the resources and the main goal is to, you know, win games and make money. Whereas Iowa State rugby, it's club funded or it's a club pretty much self-funded and ants busting his tail to create pathways so you can make it to that professional environment. You know, he, I think he does a great job making it as close to high level as he can with the ceiling that's put in place by uh, Iowa State because of just how they run their clubs. I mean, I saw Iowa State right now is kind of going through something where they're taking down a lot of clubs like uh, wakeboarding. Did you see that wakeboarding and skiing? They they canceled that club and they said it was because it was too high risk. And I was like, whoa, they better stay away from rugby. Did that kind of shock some of the people in the the club community at Iowa State? Yeah, I know. um, When there's an incident that happened, I think about a year ago with uh, some students. Um, And then we got like a a letter, not a letter, like an email, like a PDF file saying like, what clubs are too high risk for the university to keep and stuff. And we were right smack in the middle. Ooh. And so I know we have to, um, and I think, I think they cut it down to like only 14 clubs now. Wow. And I know we had to get like, uh, two new officer positions or our safety officers and stuff. So, I mean, wow. at first we were super nervous and stuff about it. But then Ant figured out the logistics and said that we we're going to be fine as yeah. long as we do what the university says. Yep. Just a bunch of compliance, red tape, make sure the, the big wigs are happy and you just stay out of the way and keep doing what you guys are doing. Should be good. But yeah, when I saw that and I saw uh, a couple people I know that were impacted by that and I was just like, I, I didn't know any connection to rugby. And when I see high risk and they didn't, you know, mention rugby, I'm like, thank God, because that would be a huge loss. So yeah. What would you say to any kid that's considering Iowa state? You know, you spent a few years there. Uh, they helped you on this pathway. You know, you did the era, you, you saw some high performance things. Then you go to Iowa state and now you're in the MLR. What would you tell people, what are they going to get if they go play for ant frying at Iowa state? Um, I think, uh, 
on another note, this thing, I will say at the university is like amazing. Like I met friends outside of rugby and stuff that are 100% going to be my like lifelong friends. Um, I know, uh, the academics are great. I really enjoyed it. The same with, uh, my advisor helped me out a lot when I was going through some stuff. Um, but if you were to come in and work with Ant, um, you gotta be ready to work. Cause I know a lot of it, well, not all, a lot of it, some of it is player driven and motivated. I know like we have like great people on the team, like John Ivan and like Wes Cummings that can really help motivate the other, the, uh, the, the guys that are here for the first time and stuff like and then especially the b-side players um it's hard for amp to like see everyone and that's why he relies a lot on his captains and people like aiden lewis and stuff to let him know like hey this kid is putting in the work because Ant already has enough on his plate yep already trying to figure out the rosters who's playing where what's going to happen here and stuff and that's what um like a lot of the new guys, you know, uh, feel like they're not going to be able to get noticed and play games. But behind the scenes, Ant works his ass off to find those B-side games where Ant can sit there and watch you got like the B-side guys play against another team, so you can really see because it's not like you're going on air anymore or you're just watching the A-side guys bash on the B-side guys. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out who he wants to start for that week. Um, I think if you come in, you know, you got to be ready to work. And stuff, and I was like, in order for me, this, I know when I came back from Austin, I was figuring out the drafts and stuff, and I came in like a day late for camp because I had to come, I had to do stuff in Austin, and I left two days early because I went home for the draft. But I know we have a lot of great people and stuff to help build those players because I didn't start off A side right away. My first game, the IOC was a B side game against Iowa Central. And, you know, I just put my nose down and keep on grinding. And now I feel like I paved a pathway for some new guys that are coming in. Definitely. I, I definitely feel like you paved a way for people to see that, hey, you, you put the work in, you buy in, and you take care of yourself off the field. Uh, there definitely is a place for you at higher level. Um, and I know that's something that Ant really prides himself in is, you know, helping guys get in, like, just in life, too. Uh, you know, find your major, find your career, making those networking uh, opportunities available. And then also, if you want to keep playing rugby, whether it's for a local men's club or trying to go pro, he's going to do whatever he can do uh, to help those people that bought into the system and program. And no, it's, it's just awesome to see, again, as you know, we look through the draft, we look through all the previews and just kind of people talking about stuff, your name kept popping up. And then to see you actually get drafted, pretty cool. Do you think uh, it's kind of interesting? Brock Purdy was the last pick of uh, the NFL yeah. draft. Do you, do you call him up and say, "Hey, man, look at that. We got this in common." No, I no, I didn't. <laughs> didn't I didn't know? Like you guys, like that could be a little fun fact that someday in trivia, which university in the same year had the final pick in the NFL and the MLR draft? Boom, Iowa State. There you go. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a good way to put Iowa State and especially the Heart of America Conference on the map, knowing that someone from this conference can go to the MLR. Definitely. Do you know anybody that's on Houston right now? Did you ever play with any of those guys on some of those higher-level um, teams or against guys in college? 
No. Um, I do know a few players that I recognize their names and stuff. Um, I did meet. I did play against some of them. We played HTX, their sevens team, mm. in Houston uh, for a few tournaments. Um, I had a few of the guys on the team already reach out to me and talk to me and stuff. And I think just like what I keep on telling them, I'm just like super excited to get down there and ready to put the work in. And I've had like all the coaches call me and stuff already, and they're making it pretty easy on me to just go down there and play rugby. Like it just feels right. Like it just feels like, yeah, this is the next step. I feel like I belong here. And, and Houston, they struggled the first few years in the league. And it feels like this last year, they really found some good footing. I know they do a lot of great work in their community. They do a lot of work with local youth programs for rugby. So really excited to see, you know, what they're doing down there and you get to be a part of it. And it just sounds like they have a good group of guys, good group of coaches who, I mean, if they're that welcoming to you being a brand new player, um, yeah, it just seems like. I don't know. It'd be a, it's a good place to go because not every organization is run that way. So good, good to hear. Seems like it's going to be a good start. Would you say though, you know, and probably going to be a little safe on the answer here, but I, I just have to wonder, you know, you've played against some of these people and you played at a high level uh, with, you know, over the summer in sevens, but do you have any nerves going down there about, you know, Hey, we're moving from club rugby at Iowa state to, these are grown men. There's international guys. Like what's the mindset with that? Just excited to tackle a new opportunity. Like I belong here. Or is there still a little bit of like a new kid going to a new school, first day of school, a little nervous? Yeah. I'm, I mean, nerves really haven't hit yet. It'll probably hit when I get down there, but I know like the step ups seem to be huge from going to playing D one, a club, to the MLR, we're going against guys that are capped nationally and guys that have been in the MLR for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I'm really going in there with a super, super open mind. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm the one and only draft pick. You know, if you're a free agent, I'm better than you. Um, I'm just really excited to start working down there and be, uh, be super coachable and you know, just hopefully just uh, keep on grinding and doing the stuff that I need to do to hopefully get capped in the spring. Definitely. Have you had some some talks with anybody from USA or have you heard of any any rumors, any rumblings of things like that? No, I haven't. The last time I talked to uh, them was last year. And then I know um, they asked for some film and stuff to see if they wanted to bring the Chula Vista and that's when I sat out because I was going to go to Lunch University. Yep. I didn't have any film to send them. So they're just like, oh, we'll see what happens down the road. Gotcha. And so, yeah, the best way, I mean, everything's going to be filmed in the next year for you. So great opportunity yeah. to be, and especially going against other guys who are competing for the same, the same spots. And then also against other, like you said, international players. I mean, this is a great opportunity for you to really – Test your metal, see where you're at, and what better way to grow than to have a, you know, former NFL guy to teach you some strength and conditioning, you know? So I feel like you're in a really, really good spot. So last question I have for you as we're wrapping up here, what is your main goal for this upcoming year? Like, what is 
the one thing that you want to accomplish? And it doesn't have to be just in rugby, but it could be life. But what what is it that if you, a year from now, five years from now, could look back and say, yeah, that was successful, what would be that measure? Um, it would definitely be getting caps in the MLR. Um, that's something that I really want to get. I mean, it's all these past two years when I've been in Austin, it's been a grind. And I feel like once I step on that field, maybe for the first time, and you know, be having the like the lights in my face, being on the in the seeing the fans and stuff, it's all gonna. I feel like that's when it's probably all gonna hit me. You know, the nerves and emotions will hit a little bit because. Um, a lot of people don't understand what I went through and stuff back in Austin. So it was kind of uh, just like a grind time for me. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't talk to many people. I kind of um, tried to fix my own problems that I had going on in my personal life and stuff. Um, but I just want to be able to say that, you know, I was a rookie and the MLR, I was able to get capped. Yeah, I think that's that's an awesome goal. And I definitely know, you know, as the, the B-Side Boys podcast, the whole state of Iowa everybody's going to be a Sabercats fan this year. Everyone's going to be rooting for that as well. I know, you know, people I've talked to, uh, like on the Wombats team, guys are excited. Guys who've never seen you play or never never knew you before two weeks ago, I mean, they they want to watch the Sabercats. They want to see your name and say, that dude played for Iowa State. Like, I don't know. It, it's cool how much our community rallies, and we just, yeah, you got a bunch of fans up here that are going to be rooting for you, so Sounds like you've got the right mindset and the right attitude and humble and just ready to put your bring your lunch pail and just show up and go to work. And I think it's going to pay off, especially in the front row. That's kind of the mindset you have to have, the, the unsung hero. Just show up, do the dirty work, and it will pay off. So I, uh, I appreciate you for joining us tonight. You are officially the very first Major League Rugby player that's been on this podcast. So you also hold that record as well. Um, but yeah, man, thank you. And good luck this year. And, um, maybe throughout the year, we might check it back in with you and kind of see how camp and the first few weeks of the season go for you. If you're up for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. I mean, I gotta be a little role model for the people back home. Let them know that, you know, just because I'm on the big stage now, doesn't mean I'm better than anyone else back home. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think uh, I like where your head's at, man. So good luck this fall and, uh, we'll check back in later. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much. And that was Brandon Carnes of Iowa State University, now of the Houston Sabercats of Major League Rugby. Really cool kid, really awesome to see. He's worked his tail off over the last few years. I mean, since high school, being in the era being on that U20 squad, and then coming up to Iowa State, continuing to work hard, gets to hear his name called the first ever Iowa State player drafted, first ever Iowa State player, I'm pretty sure, to be in the league. So Houston Sabercats, we're going to keep an eye on you. I know Ant was excited. He thought that Brandon was going to come back to Iowa State, play his senior year. I know we talked about it on this podcast. We were speculating. Hey, why not call the guy up ourselves and be like, hey, what are you doing? No, Houston, they're like, you're coming down now. We know what we want to do with you. Here's a weight program. Let's get to work, buddy. Uh, Awesome to hear. Super excited for him. Can't wait to see what he does. And 
yeah, he is setting a pathway for collegiate rugby players in the state of Iowa, showing how it's done. How can you get that done? I, I think it's really cool to be on that national stage and at this young age. And then again, people can see it's done. And again, I thought it was so interesting that he said Major League Rugby and U.S. Rugby is looking to develop front row players from the United States. I think that's amazing. You look at Iowa, you look at the Midwest, we breed the type of players he was talking about. Hardworking, gritty, wrestlers, football players, thick, strong. I mean, that right there is every kid who plays Friday night football. That right there is every kid at the state wrestling tournament. There are future Eagles in the state of Iowa based on that and that alone. Granted, you got to put the work in. You got to learn your craft. But man, we have just all these hidden gems just waiting to be found. And I think they will be found because of guys like Brandon Carnes. So congrats to him. We're going to keep an eye on him. Uh, check back in throughout the season. I definitely know there's going to be more Sabercats fans around. Like you said, Ants already ordered everything off their website. Cool stuff. Now, the next thing Phil and I, we wanted to talk about, rankings for college rugby came out. Really interesting stuff. So we're going to run down some of the official collegiate rugby rankings that we found. The very first set, the Women's Division I preseason Power 10 presented by National Collegiate Rugby, the NCR. So they start off with Notre Dame College. Now, that's not the Notre Dame Irish. The Notre Dame College Falcons, they're number one. Michigan is number two. Northern Iowa comes in at number three. Iowa comes in at number four. Indiana at five. Texas A&M at six. Colgate at seven. Texas at eight. Notre Dame Irish at nine. And Clemson at ten. This is crazy. You take Notre Dame College... You and I and Colgate off of there. Those are all big name universities. And Northern Iowa and the University of Iowa are three and four. That just tells you right there, just the level of play that these coaches have raised the standard of these clubs to be preseason three and four. That's amazing. So hats off to them. They're bringing in talent from the state. The high school girls league is full of talent. They're building around that. They're bringing girls into the state. And then they're teaching new girls how to play at a high level. I mean, this is D1. And you'll notice, too, uh, Life, Lindenwood, they're not in this. Uh, they're not in this division. Uh, Life's B-side beat Northern Iowa last year in the finals. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. I definitely feel like Iowa and Northern Iowa are going to compete for a title. Northern Iowa actually kicks off their season September 10th in a preseason friendly. I don't know how friendly it's going to be. Ha, ha, ha. Old rugby joke. Against Notre Dame College. So number one versus number three to kick off the season, non-conference play. That's going to be huge. All eyes in women's rugby is going to be on that one. And then Iowa... They, they've got a full season ahead of them. I think they run into Michigan, so number two versus number four at some point. They'll also see Indiana. A lot of exciting things happening in the women's Division One. Then if we look at the men's D1 by Goff Rugby, this guy, I'm telling you, if you don't follow Goff Rugby Report, 
you're missing out. This guy does a great job. So he's taking a look at all of D1, D1A, D1AA, and he mixed them together. Starts off number one, Army. They're the defending national champion. Lindenwood two, Life number three. Those two programs always top-notch. They bring in some great talent. BYU at four. They're always great out there as well. Navy at five. Ohio State and Indiana, six and seven out of the Big Ten. Then St. Bonaventure, who had one of the top picks in the draft. The number two overall pick was from St. Bonaventure, which we now know is from New York. But it's interesting because St. Bonaventure is NCR D1, where Army, Linwood Life, BYU, Navy, Ohio State, they're all D1A out of USA Rugby. So really interesting. He's crossing NCR D1 and D1AA. The first team of local news that we should take a look at, Iowa Central comes in at number 19. They are now in the NCR D1 Big Rivers. This conference was formed because it's a bunch of small school varsity programs that basically couldn't find a home because a lot of conferences were like, oh, you guys are varsity. We don't want you. Or you're not, your resources are different. A lot of different hearsay of why. So all these programs that had similar issues, they all got together and like, hey, we'll make our own conference. So Northern I, or sorry, Iowa Central Community College is in the Big Rivers Conference. They are number 19 to start the year. Kansas, who was a defending national champion, they were in the national championship match, 26th overall out of the heart of America. They are the highest ranked team in D1AA at number 26. And then Western Michigan there at 27. That's the team Iowa State's run into before. Then we're also going down this list. Thomas Moore at 36. They were the team that knocked out UNI in the D2 National Tournament. They are also in the NCR D1 Big Rivers. They'll play Iowa Central. They're at 36. So from D2 to now number 36 in the D1 rankings. Illinois, a program we've talked a lot about. They're at number 38. Minnesota at 41. Kansas State at 45. A lot of Heart of America represented. And then at number 50, the last team on this list, Iowa State. I know Iowa is chomping at the bit to get in that top 50 as well. I mean, huge undertaking that Goff does to rank three different conferences that are technically D1, two different governing bodies, two different levels. It's He's all over the place. Great work out of him. Awesome stuff. So Iowa Central 19, Iowa State number 50. They will also face each other. And that's going to be this weekend on the 27th. Tomorrow, Iowa State and Iowa Central take uh, they take on each other in Ames. So if you're in Ames and you want to see a match, I think they said it's at an 11 a.m. kickoff. Then you could come to Des Moines and watch the Wombats host Northeast Iowa in men's D3 rugby. That should be a great weekend of rugby here in the Des Moines area. Then the D2 national rankings from Goff Rugby. He put IUP of Pennsylvania. I think it's Indiana University of Pennsylvania. They won the national sevens for D2. He put them as number one, Georgetown at number two, Norwich at number three, and Northern Iowa at number four. He says strong group, 
returning were really good last year. I agree with that sentiment, but I would also say they're bringing in a lot of talent. They only lose four guys. They're bringing in like another 20 guys with experience. They're going to be loaded. I'm biased. I think they're winning the national title. They played Norwich in the playoffs. They played Georgetown and UMass Lowell, who's number five, and IUP, who's number one in the sevens. I think they're going to do great. Their conference rival, Illinois State, is at eight. Duluth, who is a team they've run into a lot, uh, they are at number nine. Principia, a team that they run that Northern Iowa runs into often, is at number fifteen. West Virginia and North Carolina State are 19 and 20. I find those ones interesting because they are D1 type schools. You always think like football. It's weird to see them down at D2, but they're creeping in the rankings down there. But yeah, you and I at number four, definitely think we're going to see them compete for a title. The varsity programs are out of the way except for Norwich, but they have a special circumstance. They're a military academy and all that jazz. They are going to be tough. I think you and I gets it done. Again, I'm very biased. So pretty cool. Number four preseason ranking. And then NCR, National Collegiate Rugby, they came out with their preseason top 10. Now, they actually have, they don't even have IUP in their top 10. They have Norwich at number one and Northern Iowa at number two. Principia at three, UMass Lowell at four, Illinois State at five. Duluth at 8, Auburn at 9, Central Michigan at 10, Georgetown at 7. Real interesting stuff. So the bar is high. Almost every single college team in Iowa is ranked, and then Iowa State women and Iowa men, they're right on the cusp of being ranked. And if they're not, it's because the other team in the state is who they're competing with. They're right there neck and neck. This college season for rugby, men's and women's, is going to be loaded with success. No matter what program you follow, it's going to be good all across the board. We have good coaches, good high school kids coming in. Really exciting to see that on a national level, people are putting respect on the kids' names. Iowa Central, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, all represented. Men's, women's, things are looking good. The future is bright for rugby in Iowa. And then maybe a year from now, in the next MLR draft, we're talking about a few more guys who get picked up. You know, who knows? Now, at this point in the show, if Phil was here, we were going to talk about, oh, man, this is crazy. The next time we do this, we will have played a match. Yeah, tomorrow's the day. A lot of matches kick off. Wombats, we're hosting Northeast Iowa. Iowa State is hosting Iowa Central. Bremer and Des Moines are both going up to Minnesota to face Eastside and St. Paul, respectively. We also have Clinton is at Dubuque. We have Cedar Rapids at Iowa City. It's a full weekend of rugby. Everybody go out, watch some rugby tomorrow before college football starts. Enjoy it. It should be a nice day. Drink some beers, hang out with some friends, and just celebrate the spirit of rugby. That's what this is all about. That's the whole point of why we do it. It's fun. Go have fun tomorrow. Don't take it too seriously. I mean, we we will take it seriously. I bet I bet someone swears. I bet someone says a bad word. We get too mad. But just shake it off. Who cares? Have fun. That's why we do it, right? So everyone, have fun out there. 
next week. We will definitely break down what we want to do is Tuesday. We review everything that happened. And then next Friday we preview. And that's going to be kind of the how we do things. A little review on Tuesday, preview on Friday. We're going to keep the interviews coming. We got some exciting guests coming up. Again, we appreciate everyone. This is episode 30. Never thought we'd make it this far. Uh, how am I feeling? Good. You? Fresh legs. Ah, it's kind of hard to do by myself. We'll see you guys next week.